Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's bonus episode. There was a lot of stuff we had to look up in <laughs> yeah. that mm-hmm. last reading. All kinds of interesting stuff. Who wants to go first? I uh, I will. So you all had no idea how many judges there were. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to look it up because I would love to know how many judges there were. And it provided a rather large spoiler because there are 12 judges. There are 12 judges and the final judge is Samson. So we're already to the last one, which is fascinating. Yeah. What's the rest of this? book then <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. how many more chapters do we have left in that's the book a good judges. question let's see how many uh are there 20 yeah there's 21 chapters so not that many yeah this I one guess is still, a little shorter yeah 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 i guess so that's, that's still a good chunk of chapters dedicated just to one person i guess unless we're gonna like talk about some other stuff as well but yeah i guess so there are six main judges and then six uh, like minor judges, which they totally gloss over. Um, the main ones are Athoniel, mm-hmm. Ehud, Deborah, Gideon, Abimelech, Je- Jephthah, and then Samson. And then wow. the minor judges are Shagmar or Sh- Shamgar. <laughs> That's it, Shamgar. So the Shamwow, yeah, we talked about yeah, that. Yeah. Yes, Tola and Jair, Ib- Ibzan, Elon Musk, and Abdon. So okay, that's it. Got it. Yeah. Wow. So fascinating. Okay. Well, yeah. So huh. we have three episodes of Judges left, just by okay. the way. Just okay. For your records. I, I just want to point out that there are also 12 tribes of Israel, and now there are 12 judges. So 12 mm. seems to be a big number, I guess, mm. in the Bible. That's yeah. true. Although I think we're going to be covering more judges even outside of the book of Judges. Oh. oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like we're going to get more we'll of these like regional leaders who are going to show up and have some stories. Cool. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, all right. I guess we're sort of starting our like big final story and then maybe we'll yeah. get like some censuses or something at the end. Oh, <laughs> some annoying, boring God. crap at the end. It's yeah. true. We've definitely gone too long with too much action. They yeah. got to yeah. balance it out For at some sure. point. Yeah. Uh, well, do y'all want to learn about the God Chimash? Sure. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Chimash. Chimash, buddy. Hey. Hey. God of the Moabites. Yeah. So his name means destroyer or. or Mars, bringer of war. Yes. Or it might mean fish god as well. Uh, See, I was thinking kind of like, uh, you know, like an an elder god. Oh. Right, the, he's the destroyer, or like fish like god. Right, he comes out of the water, and yeah, exactly. Oh, I like that. That's <laughs> oh yeah, that's pretty Lovecraftian for sure. Yeah. Um, now fascinating stuff about Chimash. Let me tell you, there's actually <laughs> I think of all the other gods that we've looked up, I think there's the most archaeological information remaining oh, yeah? about Chimash. Yeah, like in particular, there is like this big, big old like huge like upright stone tablet that has a lot of information about Chimash carved into it that still exists, um, which is really fascinating. Um, so yeah, so he was the king of the Moabites, possibly the Ammonites and Amorites as well. Now on this tablet that still exists, the writer essentially references how they understand Chimash's anger and why Chimash's anger would be the thing that would allow the Moabites to fall to Israel, which is like very, very similar verbiage and language 
to, to God? the way that we talk about Yahweh. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Um, and it seems like there's a lot of evidence to kind of support that that Chemosh was probably very, very similar to Yahweh to those individual cultures in the way that they revered him and treated him. And, Fascinating. And yes, expected him to words. be angry and punish them if they didn't follow exactly. him right all the time. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. And yet they still did bad things. Yes. Yeah, so in the eyes almost. Of God. Almost like he was a proxy as well, like all very similar to Yahweh, but just, you know, for a different culture. Yeah, Yeah, which is really interesting that um, I definitely found some interesting articles about how just kind of looking at general trends of Semitic uh, gods and religions in the area around that time, Mm -hmm. having these kind of similarities, overlapping similarities. Um, Now, Chimosh did enjoy a, a good old blood sacrifice. Course. Every now and again, yeah. you know, Who doesn't, um, though? like you do, was definitely into that. Um, and uh, what's also interesting that they note around this time is that a lot of goddesses or local goddesses were becoming not just secondary, but often would be kind of like subsumed into the male figure of the god himself. So Ashtar or Ashtaroth um it, it gets a little bit fuzzy, but essentially like Ashtar, Ashtaroth was a separate god to Chemosh where the Moabites also worshipped her. But then at some point they kind of became combined into one where he was referred to as like Ashtar Chemosh or Chemosh Whoa. Ashtar until eventually huh. she got subsumed into it was just Chemosh, um, which is something we've seen actually in a number of different cultures when it comes to goddess figures. We have seen the number of times of them kind of being combined with male figures and then eventually being subsumed by the male figures. Um, or sometimes the opposite happens as well, that a, a, a god or goddess figure starts out as one gender and becomes the other kind of over time. So that's right. fascinating to see that wow. also happening here. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Okay. Super interesting. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Uh, well, okay. So I looked up stuff about this uh, daughter of Jephthah. And specifically, I was curious because it said that then there was a ritual where every year for four days the women would mourn would mourn her every year or mourn yeah. the loss of her virginity or what, 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 however you phrase it. Um, what's interesting about it is that in trying to look up whether this is still a thing, the short answer is not really. Mm. Like this isn't, this isn't like a major Jewish holiday or anything like that that's still observed. However, there is a different holiday every year, which is on the 11th of Keshvan. Keshvan? I'm not sure how you pronounce it. One of the, one of the Hebrew months. Okay. Um, that on the 11th of Keshvan is, the, is a festival of mourning for the death of Rachel, who died when oh, she had no. Benjamin. Uh, oh, interesting. And also, according to some sources, is also marked as an occasion for mourning quote the exile of the shekinah which is like the which is what the f- like the feminine part of divinity okay huh. the, yeah which is and i don't know if that's something that's kind of been added later or like when that aspect got added i had a hard time finding good sources on that 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 they're mostly just like in articles about that kind of about like how to do this ceremony oh, see, rather yeah, than like the history of it so it's a little bit hard to find those so maybe maybe someone can send us some if they find them but so what's interesting is so the 11th of heshvan happens sometime usually in october so like the next one of these that we're going to get is going to be on 
October 29th of 2020. Oh, wow. Right um, before Halloween. Yeah, that's when we're going to get this next one. But apparently, in addition to this one, the date that has been suggested for when to have this morning for Jephthah's daughter is the winter solstice, actually. Which oh, would put it more like Christmas time, which is also interesting. I don't know. I'd never never heard about that. And it seems like it's not really a thing that's observed very much, but some people do. I found a whole thing of instructions of like uh, do, yeah, lyrics what are the instructions? and choreography. How, do, how are you and, supposed to how are you supposed to celebrate this? Well, this yeah. this particular thing I, I found is like the whole description of a whole performance where it's wow. like here's the here's the passage that goes or here's like a thing to read to go along with it and then the performers come on stage to this chant and it's got like a chant and then it's like they go into a dance and then you read this poem and then the sopranos sing this part and what then, wow. and it, it, it goes on for pages and pages and pages like this is a whole thing apparently that's a someone, whole broadway production right that oh, someone yeah. has put together um yeah this is by Alicia Ostricker, I think, is the one who who wrote this article about it. I don't know if she's the one who created this work. Well, I'm really fascinated. I want to know more about this. I mean, this whole like mourning for the exile of like this feminine aspect of God. To yeah. me, yeah, it sounds like what we get one night a year where we get to mourn misogyny. <laughs> What's going so, on? Yeah. Um, yeah, mourn the fact that it exists. Yeah, that it is a thing no, and has I, permeated I, our I, lives for years. Yeah, I want to know more about that. So if anyone has any more resources or more information about that, please hit us up for sure. Yeah, maybe like we could start trying to celebrate the holiday of of mourning for mourning the rise of patriarchy on, you mm. know, in October every year. I don't know. Oh, jeez. Uh, um, okay, I found out a, a vert. So this work with its uh, words and choreography and stuff, I guess, has been maybe set by different people, but there is a work of this as a cantata, which is composed by Moshe Budmore. So if you want to get your own music to put on your production of this ceremony, then uh, that's a place you could go for it. Uh, Sweet. And lastly, I wanted to read the two of you that last bit of the account of uh, Kramer and his wife. Um, we didn't pick anyone to play the oh, wife, yeah. did we? No, not yet, but maybe read us this and yeah. we can think about it. Okay, so I was looking at the message and was just cracking up trying to see this. Um, so I'm going to go from the place where the angel comes back, right? So after he'd been gone and, and Manoah prayed and was like, let him come back and tell us how to raise our kid. Um, so Manoah got up and followed his wife, came to the man. He said to him, are you the man who spoke to my wife? He said, I am. Manoah said, so, period. <laughs> so, okay. So. so, period. Oh my goodness. Yeah. When what you say comes true, what do you have to tell us about this boy and his work? <laughs> the angel of God <laughs> said to Manoah, keep in mind everything I told the woman. Eat nothing that comes from the vine, colon, drink no wine or beer. In case you didn't know what that meant, drink no wine or beer. <laughs> Eat no ritually unclean foods. She is to observe everything I commanded her. Manoah said to the angel of God, please uh, stay with us a little longer. We'll prepare a meal for you, a young goat. God's angel said to Manoah, even if I stay, I won't eat your food. But <laughs> wow. if you want to prepare a whole burnt offering for God, go ahead, offer it. <laughs> Manoah had no idea that he was talking to the angel of God. He's an idiot. Then, yeah, exactly. He couldn't tell from How the awesome face. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Then Manoah asked the angel of God, 
what's what's your name? When your words come true, we'd like to honor you. The angel of God said, what's this? You ask for my name? You wouldn't understand. God forbid. You wouldn't understand. It's sheer wonder. Jeez. (laughs) So Manoa took the kid and the grain offering and sacrificed them on a rock altar to God who works wonders. To clarify, cool. as, as the flames leapt up from the altar to heaven, God's angel also ascended into the altar flames. When Manoah oh. and his wife saw this, they fell face down on the ground. Manoah and his wife never saw the angel of God again. Only then, only then did Manoah realize that this was God's angel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And only then, it's only when this guy jumps into the fire, literally, and that you realize. to heaven, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Good heavens. Oh, That's lovely. Well, I'm really excited to continue on and see, because I remember the story of Samson pretty well from being a kid, but I have not reread it since then, probably. Have you, Dedeker? Oh, heavens no. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I remember it definitely a lot in Sunday school, but I've not read the text in many a moon. Right. Yeah. I remember some very kind of 80s or 90s style like VHS video reenactment that we watched. I'll have to see if I can find that for next week. Um, but of the Samson story where Samson is played by this very like hunky, long haired, blonde guy. <laughs> definitely. Uh, so I'll have to see, see if I can find that. Gosh, I don't even know. I'll have to start YouTubing and see if I can find it. I love it. I'm, I'm very excited to yeah. see what happens with Samson and actually read it for the first time because I just, you know, it's a it's a fairly well-known story, but I don't, I can't say that I actually know what happened. Other than the it. Wonder Bread part. Right. Yeah, that he ate Wonder Bread and that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be interesting, Emily, after you know the story to then be able to listen to that Regina Spector song and totally. see like what of this is her like artistic interpretation versus what just comes from the story. Yeah, I'm assuming there's a lot of artistic interpretation, (laughs) but that'll be fun to listen and read it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us for this bonus episode, and we will see you next week. 